in 2012. Writer Jason Aaron embarked on a quest to reshape the God of Thunder for the modern age. Together with superstar artists like Isad Ribic, Russell Dodderman, and more, Aaron would take readers on a journey into mystery. And the mightiest Avenger would never be the same. The Geeksplained Book Club proudly presents The Days of Thunder. Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geeksplain Book Club and the final stop on the Jason Aaron Thor Odyssey for now. This, this is the end. Hold your breath and count to ten. To ten. Let the sky fall. Let the crown fall. Hell yeah. Will stand <laughs> Aaron Neville singing that, Skyfall is a really good idea. Jesus Christ. We, we, need, we need that cover ASAP. Oh my God. Let yes. the sky this is your after the thunder special of the days of thunder where every single friday i alongside my fellow medical practitioners assembled are going through every single issue of Jason Aaron, Al Ewing, Tarun Gronbeck, Kafu, and everybody else's <laughs> Dane Foster Valkyrie. There's a lot of people in this book, okay? Get off my book. Get off my back. There's a lot of people on this book. It's a little different from all the times we've been saying Jason Aaron and and so and so for for the Thor stuff, and now which is notable because this is not a Thor book. This is uh, the. I guess you could say the epilogue to the Jason Aaron Thor series. Sure. Uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie. This is the continuing adventures of Jane Foster post uh, War of the Realms as she asserted herself as the one and only Valkyrie. And now that I've got the names in front of me, uh, this book is written by Al Ewing and Jason Aaron with art by Kafu, Ramon K. Perez, Sian Tormi, and Roberto Poggi, and Ooh. Fraser Irving. With uh, Mahmoud Azrar uh, and Matthew Wilson and Dave McCaig on cover art, as well as, uh, let me see, let me pull this up again, because there's so many people on this book. There's a lot of people on it. We've also got, uh, also written by Tarun Gronbeck, we've got art by... Uh, 
Pere Perez and Ramon Rosanas. Yeah, I am. I apologize for mispronouncing those because I know that I did. I'm not even going to question it. I just know that I pronounced it incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am joined by the only two men who I would bring with me to try and cure the illness that is trying to kill death. First off, he's a medical practitioner in every single state except the ones that he's banned in. It's Jacob Brown. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) And he is the man who is laser focused on killing his brother's robot family. It's Malcolm Russell Nelson. Listen, I just, God, I get the Grim Reaper so hard because I also (laughs) want the vision to die so bad. Get that son of a bitch out of here. God damn it. Freaking Wonder Man, get him out of here too. Let them all die. Wonder Man sucks. Wonder Man's a dick. Wonder Man sucks. Wonder Man, wow. Uh, if you would like, and if you would like to know just how much Wonder Man sucks, you can go back and check in the main podcast, the episode I did on Vision. Because he sucks. He's the worst. Wonder Man sucks. He's just a dick. He's really bad. He's a dick. And because of that, of course, they're bringing him to the MCU. So can't wait. Um, Hooray! Yeah, great. Can't wait for like Army Hammer to play Wonder Man. Thanks. Oh, no man. That would make sense. So, it would make a lot of sense. Wow. <laughs> gentlemen, we are going through the full and unfortunately complete 10 issues of the Jane Foster Valkyrie series. And I will be honest, I really wish this had at least gone to 12 issues because it does not feel complete. It does not feel like a complete story. And as we would come to find out, there are stories after this. We've got Rise of the Valkyries uh, as a tie into the King in Black. And then we also have uh, the Mighty Valkyries. Uh, which was much later and very, very good with some incredible art. Um, this is Jane Foster's story outside of being Thor. And first of all, I got to say, this costume slaps. It drives. It's such a good costume. I am still to this day very mad that we don't have a Marvel Legends figure for it yet. Because I need this from a wall, baby. It's a good costume. Same. Yeah, like this look is fantastic. Um, this this, this most costume. recent, it's a great costume. Even. Love and yeah. Thunder, uh, batch should have had this costume in there because, yes, Lord knows we aren't getting that in the MCU. Yeah, nope, not happening. Nope. Nah. Should have had a Star Lord and should have had this. Exactly, exactly uh, correct. Bullshit. Star Lord <laughs> is not a good Star Lord anyway. Um, bullshit. I feel so like, yeah. No, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I want to ask first, Jacob, as we're coming out of the Jason Aaron Thor run, um, do you think this is a good continuation of Jane's story? We meant we talked about during the run how much we all united in our love for Jane Foster's role as Thor. Do you think this was a good? Did did you feel like this was a good continuation of her story? You know, I really did enjoy Jane like being for uh being this Valkyrie character because uh, I think it was a great evolution from being from cancer to being Thor to um dying to being reborn and then fighting cancer and then um it felt a little 
we all felt it when she got better. It's just like, oh, okay, good, she's better. Now make her a superhero, please. Make her, make her anything, please. Do, do, do it now, now. Make it happen now. And then she's the Valkyrie, and I'm like, yay, this is really good. For half of this is really good, and then, and then it just ends. It, but, uh, but I love. I you mentioned the MCU, and uh, you know, I feel like probably like that's probably what that teaser at the end of uh, Love and Thunder was. Was just the idea of possibly. Um, uh, uh, Jane Foster becoming a Valkyrie with uh, with the other Valkyrie that's there. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of what it's escalating to. But because because that's what this um, I could totally see them doing part of this um, run that we read uh, as a movie for Jane Foster as Valkyrie. I cool. I mean honestly at this point I just give it to Tessa Thompson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just get just give this story or something like this make it her yeah like it doesn't really you know oh you mean give her something to do yeah. yes i mean it doesn't really square the circle of like the whole uh medical practi practitioner angle which i think is ingrained in this and gives it a different identity from most books right but i think there there are things you could do to work around that because yeah I really like the story. Yeah, I do too. I think it was like, it was a surprise to read this actually for the beginning half of it because I was actually really into it and I thought it was very interesting. Um, I just wish that it just uh, found the second half of itself. It's, uh, it's, it, it was very much a two-act two play and this somebody forgot to finish the second half of the act. That's, that's what it felt like. <laughs> Malcolm, how did you feel about that? You were revisiting this book again. I, I really loved this title because I love what they do with Jane. Um, this, this book feels more like a Jane Foster book than Mighty Thor does, uh, yeah, in a way. Agreed. I think this gets yeah. so into what Jane does on the day-to-day -day and how Jane thinks as Jane Foster, which I think is super interesting. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, the medical aspect of it and all, but um, it, it feels very much a personal story for Jane Foster and then gets really into some history stuff that they barely touch on in Mighty Thor, uh, and and really start to flesh out here, which is awesome. I I loved this title. I thought this title was fantastic. Listen, I will agree. The last three issues leave a little something to be imagined, but they weren't supposed to be the last three issues. Right. And I think that's the problem. It feels very much like a middle arc that's also setting up something to come up. Yeah. Um. And it's a total bummer what happened to this book. Uh. I I actually just sent you guys in the group chat. Uh covers for issues 11 and 12 Whoa. that were solicited originally so now cool. now now eric knows we sort of got these issues we did because i recognize because, these covers yes because uh mighty valkyries uses they material use. that was supposed to be their own separate issues but right. mighty valkyries is a split story so mm -hmm. we we get it kind of weirdly um, yeah. And they were supposed to be drawn by Matteo De Luis, uh, who draws those issues. Draws but those issues, yeah. I mean, you give me a full issue of I, issue eleven cover is Jane and Loki so at a bar, which is oh. a great cover. And, um, and, the and then the issue twelve classic and the, Jane and Loki, which is awesome. And so then uh, the issue twelve cover is Valkyrie fighting Craven the Hunter, which is 
fucking cool. Especially, <laughs> especially if he's Aussie Outback, Craven the Hunter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I guess Right, uh, I'm gonna kill Valkyrie. And when oh, did, kill me a Valkyrie, mate. That's a dangerous <laughs> game. <laughs> also, when did uh John Jameson become the the wolf in the moon here? Like uh, the man wolf moon here. <laughs> Where do you think like, he's been this whole time, Jacob? I just he's just a spaceman. Where I, do you I, think I, he's been? I just didn't know he became the moon, and that's just it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you when not know the moon, the moon is actually like an egg? I've been out you of watch Doctor Who. I you did, know the moon's been, an egg. Yeah, but I I just thought this. I've been out of these comics for a while. I didn't know that this that would, you could just become a full on moon. You know. Yeah, it's just like any Superman story where he has to end it by being in the sun. Uh, John Jameson you know, saves the world by Jameson, becoming the moon. The moon. <laughs> it's saving the world by holding the moon together. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's he's his the only story. That's his because he's a wolf. All right. You know, because he's a wolf man. I got to get back into these comics, man. You sure do. You gotta read <laughs> like, one I someday. I think you'll enjoy it. Someday I gotta get. I gotta these. read these comics. Yeah. I <laughs> anyway, I love this book. Uh, I really wish that there was more of it. I think since it came back as the separate miniseries, it has not been the same, and I have been uh, less thrilled with it. Mainly because I don't care about the other Valkyrie. That's uh, fair. Like I, I really don't care about that character. I just really care about Jane. Why don't you like Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie? Because honestly, in a book that I didn't really like, I liked the other Tessa Thompson Valkyrie. Fair. Uh, Exiles. Uh, that Exiles book from a few years ago. A book yeah. that I did not care for very much. Uh, but I liked that version of Tessa Thompson Valkyrie, which was just Tessa, Tessa Thompson, Thompson Valkyrie. Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. So we could have just had that and been fine. Yeah. We didn't need this other Valkyrie. Yada, yada, yada. Like, I, I find that story super boring. I don't um, know, man. It it brought back that that book brought back uh, our our hell mommies, uh, Hella and Carnilla again. Uh, yeah, story based around them, which yes. I really enjoyed. Yeah. I did like that in that book. That, that Matteo de Luis art, he's no good. so good. No good. Really good. Jacob, we'll we'll revisit that with you at some point because you you should read. You gotta read the King in Black Rise of the Valkyries one too. It's really oh, good. It's really after good this. I figured yeah, it's after fine. this, right? I liked it a lot. I like I that it brings in Danny Moonstar. I, exactly. I like that. That's the exactly cool thing which we will that. be touching on here. Yeah, really cool history stuff. Oh no, I I kind of like the idea of just ending half acidly, like the way this book ended, because it's uh, <laughs> and on that note, right let's dive into chapter one. The sacred <laughs> and the profane. Let's talk about the Kafu of it all right the off Kafu, the top. Kafu art is the best. It is Kafu so is good. incredible. He is not very consistent on books. No, which sucks. He is absolutely a person who comes in and does like two or three issues and then is gone. He was the entire like selling issues. point for me on that Iron Man book at the start. And mm, his art is so good on that book. So God, he damn. draws a sexy as hell Tony Stark. I will oh let you know God. that. And a sexy as hell Iron Man armor. Too. Iron Man. He draws a sexy as hell Iron Man. <laughs> but and luckily, that book figured out how to get like fill-in artists who look very similar. Who look similar. Yeah. <laughs> is doing such a similar job to Kafu that it doesn't disturb me. Right. But like otherwise, like, I mean, you look at this book and you just miss it every time he's not on the page. Yeah. Like. Which is such a bummer. I mean, that first page, the first page of this issue. Just her coming down with the wings. 
is yeah. unbelievable. What a statement page. Like textless, I would get this page yeah. if I could My buy it. God. There's another page later on that I would like to highlight that I would absolutely pay money for. But we see Jane Foster basically giving you the breakdown and descending upon a crime scene. A crime scene, ladies and gentlemen, that yeah. is being perpetrated by the Fast Five. It's all <laughs> about family, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. the Fast There's even a mention Five. later. They are. Later they are. Saying, We're going to get to it. When you're at a curious... Ooh, so the good. Furious Seven. Oh, so good. yes. So we see uh, <sighs> basically Jane Foster fighting against Dom and his crew. And it's a great, <laughs> it's a great sequence to basically give you a, a taste of what the new status quo is for Jane. She's got oh. Under Yarn, which is the all weapon. Uh, I fucking love this. I love this for her. I, uh, yeah. yeah, this actually is a sick weapon. This is the great, this is the best, this is a weapon I would love to have in D&D. This is so good. This is like the best weapon. You basically have this weapon in John's campaign. I you have this weapon. I mean, I do actually. It's, he's because he's he's basically playing a Green Lantern where he can just make yeah. whatever weapon he wants. Yeah. He's yeah. a Hexblade Warlock, so he can make whatever weapon he wants. I could summon any weapon. So <laughs> we flavor that. It's under yarn. That's what it's it is. Yeah, it's not gold. I, it can What's be reflavored. It's got to be gold, baby. It can okay, be reflavored to be gold. I might actually that's call right. it. I might actually call that my my weapon this. Do it, aren't they? Because honestly, the I was trying call to call that. <laughs> yeah, the all weapon. But so <laughs> we see uh, Jane is able to take out most of them, except for Redline. Redline, 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 Redline. Okay, okay. We. I'm sorry, Jacob. We're gonna do this real quick. Uh, Eric, who is who? Okay, so <laughs> let's get into this. Let's get yeah. into it. All right. Who I is who? See. So, so obviously, obviously, Blue Streak is is uh, O'Connor. Can you interesting for, for my too, sake and anyone who doesn't read these? Could could you just give us the actors' names, please? Yeah, like, for sure. The actual characters. Do we have to? I, that way, yes. For sure. That way, at least I know what who is who here. Fine. <laughs> Okay, make... interesting. So you're saying so you're saying Blue Streak is Brian O'Connor, who is Paul Walker. Who's Paul Walker, yes. Yeah. Because he is he tries to make himself the leader and he gets the shit kicked out of him often. Okay, now, you know what? That's valid. <laughs> uh clearly I think whatever um who's the green one? Green, green is green light. Green light is uh Michelle Rodriguez. Yep. Okay. Green light is Michelle Rodriguez as Letty. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that uh, Silver, 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 Silver Ghost, Silver Ghost is Tej. Cool. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Ludacris. Okay. Ludacris. Sorry. Okay. Uh, we have. I mean, for me, it's pretty clear that Redline is Tyrese Gibson. Mm, <laughs> I would say that Gold Rush is Tyrese. You would say Gold Rush since, is Tyrese? Since he's the one who gets away later by running away. Yeah, I would say that Gold Rush is Tyrese. I, was I would say it was Tyrese because he's dumb and he's strong. That's fair. But is, but is Tyrese strong? I was going <laughs> to say... Is Roman strong? I, was I mean, he fights people. I mean, or is he just lucky? Come on, bro. As we established in the last movie. Is he just lucky? He fights people, bruh. He fights and people, bruh. And 
I was going to say that Gold Rush is obviously Sun Kang because he's Han and he dies. Okay, you know what? That's that's very fair. Okay, okay. I I accept all that. I would say that Silver Ghost might be Ramsey. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I could see that. But uh, uh, just immediately being like, we should we should take off. Like, let's get out of here. Let's be smart. That's a good this. point. That no, Ramsey. you're right. I'll get I'll give you that. Um, that's Ramsey. Wh- who's the actress's name? Uh, 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 Natalie Emanuel. Natalie Emanuel. Thank yes. You. Yeah. And you see why they were taken out because Dom wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Because this is because this is Fast Eight, and Dom is because <laughs> he's the bad guy. <laughs> The worst movie in the, the worst whole movie. series. The worst movie in the whole series. I and believe, I think one of the worst blockbusters to ever be released. I believe I just, <laughs> I think that is the only one out of all of them that I've seen. It's Are so, you serious? Uh, I think so. I think that I saw it in theaters. Did it come out in oh 2013? Because I'm pretty sure that's the only movie I've no, seen. No, no. Fast Eight was like 2017 or something. Oh, okay. Okay. I was, I'm sorry, not Fast Eight. Fate of the Furious. I apologize. Okay. Uh, Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. That's a Shaw shit is movie. not invited to the barbecue. That is a shit movie. Shaw, Ugh. Deckard Shaw specifically, because I would invite Owen Shaw because he is just trying to do a job. But Deckard Shaw is never invited. Period. What a shit movie. Anyway, back to James <laughs> anyway, Foster. Anyway, so yeah, Jane's pretty able, pretty fast dispatches everybody. You say she's, she, she's pretty fast, fast and dispatches and... them furiously. <laughs> While we... Guys, we're still in the first. We're still in the first issue. Um... <laughs> so uh, Gold Rush gets away. Han gets away and is unfortunately tripped up before he is stabbed and killed with a very specific sword. Yes. Very specific sword. And so we see uh, Jane is uh, encountered later by her friend, Lisa Halloran, who used to be an EMT and is now a member of Damage Control. Yes. I love the jumpsuits. Lisa Halloran. Love the jumpsuits. My God. Ugh. If there's one thing that I wish, if there's one reason that I wish we got more of this book is for Lisa Halloran. I want more Lisa. Yeah. The justice that they did for that character with this book is awesome. It's so good. It's so good. And I will admit, I did not know who her former lover was until we got to the page that revealed it. And it was a welcome surprise. Completely forgot. So... Uh, we see that Jane is returning to the hospital and in her performance reviews, unfortunately, uh, all of her absences, both during her uh, cancer treatment, as well as now as in her role as Valkyrie, are stacking up. And as such, uh, they are demoting her from her general practice to assistant director of the morgue. Mm-hmm. Which is where we meet the actual morgue director, who is just the. He's basically Rahul Kohli from uh, from I Zombie. Yes, is who I look yes. at him as. This is just them doing I Zombie, the TV show. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it works really well. 
He he looks like he looks like a dark hair version of the the actor who plays Jacob in uh, Sex Education to me. That's what yes, I Yes, I could absolutely it, see that. I'm so happy you're watching Sex Education. It's a great I, show. I want to tell you something. I we my my boyfriend and I we just finished that show last night. It's so good. It's addicting. It's really addicting. I'm the cuck here. I need to watch that. You're the emphasis on emphasis on dick in in, on it. Yeah, no kidding. Basically, on that. Damn. Because good gracious, that that whole show is great. And I find now that I have context on what our new Doctor Who is, uh, I can't believe. Are you excited? Yeah, I am. I'm yeah, I'm stoked fantastic. as hell. Shooty Gatwa yeah. is gonna fucking kill it. Oh, it's gonna be great. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> in the morgue. <laughs> <It's so interesting. laughs> oh my god! Also, episode... if you like, also if you like the game, the Mortuary Assistant, this kind of reminds me of this game too. You should give it a try. It's available now on Steam and other um, cross. Console, uh, console games, whatever you want, Nerds. or or you can actually play the board game version of it, Operation. So, Jane <laughs> <Ben> Foster <laughs> is uh, getting acquainted with her new uh, morgue director, and they have a new admittance, Mike Swift, who was stabbed Mike with a very specific Swift. sword. I hope all of their names are puns on speed. I, I really, oh yeah, I really, I I need a Johnny Quick. Just one of them needs to be Johnny Quick. <laughs> I want one of them to be Skidmark McNeville. That's what it needs to be. Yes, uh, that's Redline. T- Tessa so, 10 speed. Uh, Tessa 10 speed. Uh, yes. I'm yes. writing these names down. So possible characters. <laughs> <laughs> write down Tessa 10 speed. That is a yeah, A plus name. Um, that's so. So Valkyrie realizes that this sword wound comes from a very specific sword. And so she decides to head to Valhalla to speak with the sword's previous owner, Brunhild. And I just, I really love seeing Valhalla filled with people again. Yes. Even if they are all dead. It's nice to see. It warms the cockles of my heart. It really odd phrasing but yes so it's a phrase it's a for it's 100 a phrase um <laughs> and we see that you know the valkyries are getting some much needed uh retirement they're hanging out they're talking about their uh their conquests they're talking about their victories and they're talking about just how nice it is to be able to to relax uh jane is there to talk to brunhild about her former uh her former sword and there's a moment here where Jane is basically like, I'm going to get that sword back. Like, I'm not going to let it go again. And Brunhild gives her this weird response where she's like, oh, you got to, though. And I really dig the seed that's planted here. Yeah. I really like this. Yeah. It pays off like a slot machine. It works perfectly. This is it's a great so little scene. I love the I love the the the, the moment with the butterfly. It's with like the butterfly, the skull, oh, the skull yeah. wings. Mm-hmm. The art in this is gorgeous. It it's really, really good. Yes. Uh, Kaku is incredible. This incredible. art is this the same artist as like uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four? Because that's what this kind of this is like a refined version of the artist who did Ultimate Fantastic Four. Uh, uh, are you thinking of? world famous greg land yeah i think so uh, this is like a uh, cleaner refined realistic but uh not you know yeah not creepy copy as and fuck. paste 
Yeah. Not too much Greg Land. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something that we should all strive for in our comics. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Pick up his new book, I guess. <laughs> Fucking whatever. Um, we uh, actually, you, you don't have to. It's not good. <laughs> exactly. So we see that uh, Brunhilde also gives Jane a lead to visit a woman named Annabelle Riggs. Who... Annabelle Riggs. Which was a really cool callback because Annabelle yes. Riggs is to Brunhild yeah. what originally our good buddy Donald Blake was to Thor. Yes. Which I really like. And who Donald Blake still is, Jacob, if you pick up the new uh, Thor run, the Donnie Cates. Yes, run. absolutely. They'll 100% oh. just the lovable Don- Donald Blake we always knew and loved. Yep. Okay. Donald Blake, just regular guy. Uh, regular just guy. Regular old guy. Nothing weird about just him. A regular at all. old guy. So. Jane decides, okay, I need help to find this sword. I need the best tracker. I need someone who can see where I need to go. And so she brings along Heimdall. Let's talk about how good of an idea that is. Of like, I need, I'm on a hunt. I need the best tracker. Who's literally the best tracker in the the universe? It's Heimdall. Because he can fucking see everything. What a great use of that character. I would have loved to see Heimdall in that Mighty Valkyries book him and craven just can you imagine them in a book on opposing sides so this is this is what they should be doing with sif and this is part of my frustration with sif just fucking standing on the bridge all the time yes sif should be doing shit like this because it's still sif i reread that journey into mystery run with her recently it's so fucking good it's so good good beta ray bill good beta ray bill oh boy uh, we see that alongside Under Yarn, the all-weapon, Jane now has a Valkyrie vision. Or detective mode. See, exactly. Where she can <laughs> press L1 and see the deaths that are it's, hanging over everyone. It's actually death detective mode. Thank you. Death detective mode. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Detective mode. Detective uh, mode. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And we see that it manifests as the, these little marvels. These little marvels over people's heads. A cute little skull. And we see that some people's deaths loom larger. Some are smaller the closer they are to death. That's going to be important. Immediately. This is such a good page turn reveal. Because Jane goes, okay, she explains to the reader like what this is. And the bigger the marble gets, the closer to death that person is. And she's like, Okay, Heimdall, what are you? And she turns, and there's just this gigantic marble over Heimdall's head. It's like, it's the size of a fucking car. And yeah. she's like, fuck, we gotta go right now. All of a sudden, the sword they've been looking for plunged through Heimdall's back. And we find out immediately who it is. It's our favorite person who loves to stab people. It's Bullseye! Oh, motherfucking Bullseye! What's up, Colin Farrell? Haven't seen you in a while. Fucking Bullseye. <laughs> bullseye. Uh, he <laughs> Gotta is, see it, huh? Guess it wasn't enough. He is I not mean, only in possession of Brunhild's sword, he's also got her god dang horse. Hell yeah! Oh, man. What a fucking us. cool ending of an issue! <laughs> also, just like him just wielding the sword atop this horse that is an image 
that, that is yeah. that is power. What a king. <laughs> you, you guys are talking about images to take. Like this was one of the images I wanted to take. Um, For sure. That I needed. <laughs> it was so uh, Daredevil it's... season four, anybody? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, so please. Oh my God. So we see. God, I hope uh, they bring back Dex. Jesus. Same, same. <laughs> Uh, we, I need to see him in an actual bullseye costume. Oh yeah, I need to see him in this because I love that bullseye costume. I think it's such a great costume. It's so good. Uh, so uh, chapter two, we're still in the first. Uh, chapter two, <laughs> uh, the sacred and the profane part two. Uh, we see the battle between Jane and Bullseye, and she's, I mean, she's kicking the shit out of him until yeah. he commands the horse. To give her a sucker punch to the back of the head with a large clop. Stompa. Yeah. And as, as Bullseye is going for the killing blow, Heimdall rises again and gives him just a satisfying sock on the jaw. Steve Rogers would be I proud. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Unfortunately. That's an Idris Elba move. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Luther move where he's just yeah, like, that fuck is, you, That bitch. is Luther. That yeah. is 100% a Luther move. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Bullseye suddenly sees Elektra in front of him and stabs Heimdall straight through the stomach. <laughs> and as not Jane breaking is... Through the, not breaking through his cape. You know, just not just, that we can just, see it cuts off. Can, yeah, the panel yeah, cuts can. off. It's got a peak in the back of the cape. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but we see Jane is able to disarm Bullseye, and he responds by just kicking Heimdall off of the high, high platform that they're on. So tight. And again, just those wings. I love seeing the gold wings with Jane. Ugh. It's With really the liquid cool. metal like thing mm-hmm. of them like forming, it's so cool. And it's the imagery cool. of Heimdall falling into the death marble, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, like the skull like opening its jaws to consume him, to swallow him. Yeah, it's and she's brilliant. And we get this great moment where uh, Jane Foster goes all Spidey and uh, tries to save <laughs> yeah. Heimdall Gwen Stacy style. And there's a moment where Jane even, she's like, wait, didn't Spider-Man kill someone doing this? And she has to like sail down real quick to make sure he's not dead. It's interesting that that's public knowledge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody knows. Hey, didn't Spider-Man kill that blonde girl that one time? <laughs> Spider-Man killed that blonde bitch. Oh, my <laughs> God. How embarrassing is that for like the rest of the MCU like heroes to know about that anytime like, someone anytime someone from the west coast avengers or the champions meets spider-man they're like hey didn't you kill somebody <laughs> fucking canceled bro that's canceled. why he's not like allowed at parties because everyone <laughs> yeah. immediately would be like you know how i save out. people is just different like i they're always trying to tell him about it or like if there's an emergency at a bridge they're like spider just hey spidey just hold like, off this one spidey, we, we got, got this don't worry about it we don't want you anywhere near bridges. Are you okay? Like that's that's uh that's Spidey and Howard the Duck Spider Man. Like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, that is one hundred percent what he's played with. Yes. Like, oh my god. Uncle Ben, why? Gwen Gwen Stacy is his twelve year old tweets that people find <laughs> and then cancel him for. 
<laughs> Anytime it's like, all right, Spider-Man's got the key to the city, Twitter blows up. Remember when he killed Gwen Stacy? <laughs> he killed Gwen Stacy. You wouldn't kill a Gwen Stacy. <laughs> Not my hero. Oh, hang on, Spidey. Spidey, hang on. Hang you can't, on, okay, you can't bring on, up, you can't bring up 2012, I mean, Incredible Spider Guy, okay? Incredible. That was Spider- amazing. That was 2013. What? That, is, that was 2013. You're right. That was 2013. God. Yeah. That was almost 10 years ago. Yeah. I've was- almost known Jacob for 10 years. It's, yeah. Wow. It's, yeah. That's crazy to me. That's going to be wow. next year, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And well, someday. I've known you guys for 10 years, too. Yeah. I, I feel I've known you longer, Malcolm, but ju- probably longer? just barely. Yeah. Maybe. Because I was coming into the shop before <laughs> I was I, friends with Jacob. I, I started the shop in 2013. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, I guess so, next year would be. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so yeah, I, I met both of you pretty soon once I started like working there. So, so, what I'm, yeah. so, what I'm hearing from the three of us of what the listeners probably want is we should do an anniversary special. Is that what we're doing next year? <laughs> It'll, it'll, it'll be our second annual after this one. I guess it'll be, yeah, I guess so. There we go. All our right. explained annual. Yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, Nailed it. Listeners, you if, you, it. If, if you have a request for what book you want us to cover for our annual, let us know at Geek Explained. Start sending in questions now. Yep. So, and we won't read them till next year. So, <laughs> uh, time capsule, baby. Time capsule. Right. Uh, we see Jane save a homeless man from the sword, which makes it so that Bullseye has now missed twice. Yeah. That's important. I never miss. She made me miss. <laughs> <laughs> and we see uh, Bullseye is trying to rain down uh, some hellfire on the civilians below. And Jane realizes what Brunhild meant by she needs to let go of the sword. She needs to let go of Brunhilde's Valkyrie. She needs to let go of this guilt. And she needs to let go of this sense of duty to be something that she isn't. And so she turns the she turns under yarn into the sickest little boxing glove and destroys the sword. So tight. This mace gauntlet, basically. Yeah before knocking Bullseye out as he is arrested by police and Heimdall gets ready to die in her arms. She ri- she helps him rise. She tells him, okay, we're going to take you to Valhalla. And he's like, I don't want to go to Valhalla. I've seen Valhalla. I want to go somewhere that I can't, that I haven't seen. And so we see her pull him out, uh, Looney Tunes style, pulling his spirit out of his body and tell, tells him we're going to go on a journey into mystery. In which a very Sandman-esque way. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, chapter three, Sacred and Profane, part three. Uh, the two of them have commandeered the horse and are now so cool. heading into a journey through the realms. They do a quick stop in heaven where, you know, the angels are pissed. Yeah. They, don't like, they don't like seeing her. They're like, hey, there's that bitch that made us lose the War of the Realms. They attack her. <laughs> they bust through a shrine at one point. And the monks are like, ah, angel, because she has wings. Mm-hmm. Which feels like, I don't know, the way that they're shouting it 
it feels like a slur. Yeah. So should it yeah. be censored? Like maybe. These dirty maybe. fucking angels. <laughs> there is this complete. Th this is now the uh, the episode of sidebars. There's this great <laughs> fucking uh, thing I saw on Instagram where this this girl says saying Jap saying anime names in my southern accent, Sasuke, and the response <laughs> is this is this Asian guy who's just like, okay, when she says it, it feels like some kind of like Asian slur that people yeah. use now and he he gives the example these goddamn sasuke's got to go back to their own country <laughs> and i just fucking died i died i i was coasting on that high for the next two days that's so funny Fred, that's like my Fred favorite free. joke is like you, no matter what you say if you say it in a certain tone it's gonna sound like a slur you can say whatever made up word you know these these gaba ghouls you know like whatever. <laughs> you can say whatever like that's made of up course word. the first one you go to because jane is from staten island yeah and if you say it in a jane accent you'd be like these goddamn gaba ghouls you know coming into <laughs> our town you know taking our jobs and dating our white women you know i mean like, all our white women <laughs> You know, it's it's whatever you say, like you say whatever, and it's oh, gonna sound God. pretty hurtful. <laughs> I'm really excited for someone to start you start going like these goddamn Shang Chi's are just running all over the place now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I literally heard that phrase at WonderCon when I did the Shang Chi meetup where there was like ten of us and it wasn't meant <laughs> to be in a hateful way. Say, but did everyone there be like, hey, wait a hey, second. Wait a second. <laughs> hey, hey, wait a second. Like, wait a second. We can say Shang-Chi. You can't say Shang-Chi. You cannot. Like, <laughs> you, you can barely say Shang-Chi. Okay, you don't get to say Shang-Chi. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, anyone, anyone want to see my Mangog? Jeez. So, <laughs> like, oh, God. Like, uh, who wants that? <laughs> All I know is, you know, I've been living in this neighborhood for 35 years. And then this fucking man god comes in, moves oh, in next dude, door, dude. has been talking to everybody. Like, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about god. the twilight of the gods and some shit. This, this is a man, man god neighborhood now. Dirty man god. Exactly. <laughs> the way this man god was looking at my wife? Oh. My wife? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, it my works. incision! No! Oh, no! 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 Oh, God. Okay. We're never no. going to get through this. We're, we're, we're never going to get through this. second issue. This is going to be a three-hour... We're on the third issue. I'm going to have to issue. leave. Before. So, okay. We're on the third issue. So uh, we find out that the reason guys, that uh, that Jane Foster took Heimdall through heaven is to get to hell. Specifically, Hades the greek realm of the afterlife and the underworld and we finally get to see the anti-tree yeah the bottom yggdrasil's shadow and what a bottom it is we yeah. see the actual lord of hades hades himself with so a cool. uh, sparkling arm and everything and he is not looking good so cool. we are a long way from disney's hades <laughs> Whoa, is my hair up? But that's exactly what James Woods looks like, though. Boom, got him. Got him. <laughs> James Woods, we know James Woods listens to this podcast. I'm sorry for my co-host. He better uh, fucking not listen to this podcast, that right-wing son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Got him again. And so we see Jane, uh, Jane and Heimdall face off against the demons here. Uh, Heimdall is stripped down for so, for whatever reason. I'm still not sure why, but they're able to get him into the void. They're able to get him into this like, uh, I don't even know clearly what this is. It's, uh, what is the name of this? Freezer Irving nonsense. Yes, which is incredible. Love me some Fraser. I mean, which is great looking. Like, holy crap. But yeah. that's and all it is. It, it's, it's the void at the end of the first Thor movie that uh, Loki drops himself into from the... Uh, from Oh, nice. From the Rainbow um, Bridge. The Rainbow oh, Bridge. Yeah. Basically like, all right, go be free. Explore. And uh, Heimdall is left to explore the cosmos. Which I think is, is kind of nice and really sweet. She yeah. gave him his last, uh, his last wish. Yeah, this is cool. And then uh, they pop back up in New York, Valkyrie and the horse. And she asks herself, did that all happen? And the horse responds, oh, I, it happened to Valkyrie. Well, happened, it happened. And all of a sudden, we know that the horse can talk. Oh, my God. <laughs> the horse can talk. And we are now introduced to the best character in this run. Yeah. Oh man, horse, oh Mister Horse, if you're nasty. <laughs> he says, "I'm good, Veneer Stock me, not one of the push ponies from that Asgard, all mitherin and ditherin." And I just, I fucking love him. He's the best. <laughs> He's the best. One of and, one of the issues of this has like a has like a guide in the, the back from Al Ewing, yeah. of how to like pronounce how to pronounce everything. <laughs> it's incredible and we're gonna get to it but at a a certain point this horse has the best moment in the entire series we're gonna get to it so Uh, we see that the valkyrie there's news coverage of a new valkyrie a new winged horse and we see that the news coverage is being watched by a certain grim reaper the person who hired bullseye in the first place the brother of Wonder Man, the brother technically of the Vision, and also and the way more interesting of the three of them. <laughs> that's an opinion, and also <laughs> recently killed by uh-huh. Vision's wife. Right. Uh huh. That's right. We now come to Sacred and Profane Part Four, where we see that uh, this is also a big, you know cut into the status quo of things we're at hotel inferno which is <laughs> the uh which is of course owned by the sole proprietor and mcu's favorite person who isn't in shit mephisto <gasps> mephisto confirmed mephisto confirmed and jacob this is during this is again during the donny kate's doctor strange run yeah during the I, damnation arc yes i i uh is it bad that i just heard nothing but beetlejuice every time he was talking on the phone throughout the whole i don't time? think it's bad that's at all a, that's, that's I think michael all, keaton would have made a great mephisto that that's what i mean I got irons in the fire buddy don't worry about me <laughs> anyway speaking of i got the grim reader waving <laughs> yeah like, like I totally, I totally he really like, does have keaton energy that's a good call that's a great call that's a good so, call so we see uh, Mephisto is basically like, look, hey, I get, I get your whole deal. I see what you're here for. I need you to help me with something. 
because I've been looking over some contracts. And technically, did you know you could be a Valkyrie? And we cut over to uh, Jane Foster's apartment where Mr. Horse has made himself at home. Oh uh, he, he, he's not like those uh, prissy ponies up in that there Asgard. He nope. likes to live in people homes. Uh-huh. And he's not Lee, a bitch. And I love how unimpressed by all this Lisa is. God, I love Lisa. This is so incredible. Good. What a great character. She's so good. Um, we see... And, and I love... that I'm going to be working this into my normal vernacular now. At one point, uh, the, Mr. Horace is like, there's, speaking of the days, hey, and Jane says, look, there's, there's uh, carrots on the kitchen counter. And he goes, champion. Champion is apparently <laughs> a, a great. Yeah. So I'm going to be yeah. saying, oh, yeah, that's champion. Yeah, it, oh, this day's just, it's a this good, day's just it's been a good champion. Phrase. I love it. It's a good phrase. This is it's now being good. worked into my regular vernacular. <laughs> Jacob, who plays uh, who plays D anD D with me, is going to start hearing this term a lot. Yeah, in the champion. coming weeks. Yeah. <laughs> champion. Champion. Uh, we get you know the quick breakdown of everything that's going on, and so they decide. Look, we got the uh, we got the lead from Brunhild earlier. Let's go talk to Annabelle Riggs. She might know how to balance all of this Valkyrie nonsense. And so Mephisto breaks down that, look, Valkyrie is a warrior who takes the souls of dead heroes to their final destination, right? All the Valkyries are dead. And I hit a loophole in their contract, which means I can appoint a Valkyrie as long as... There are no other Valkyries present. And he goes through the list. All the common Valkyries are dead. Danny Moonstar is a part-time Valkyrie. So she's not eligible. This new parallel universe Valkyrie, uh, Clause uh, 1109-J, no parallel universes. And he basically says, look, you're in my shot. And then all of a sudden, Grim Reaper looks at the screen behind him and says, wait, what about that one? And we see Jane Foster. As uh, J- Mephisto has the best line of, okay, who the heaven is that? <laughs> so good. It's so good. So good. <laughs> Having trouble with so living. Good. You got pesky critters running around in your bed. Well, come on down. I got a fine way of like, taking care of. Oh, scary. <laughs> is that Grim Reaper? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, He's absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh, scare was like, I got you for three minutes. <laughs> I got you for three minutes. Oh, yeah. Gotta kill my robot brother. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. <laughs> Every single time I see him now, it's just gonna be dig it. Dig it. He's gonna assume he's gonna tell you to snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Look at here, brother. I'm gonna tell you right now. That's Wonder Man. And so, oh, <laughs> uh, you right, you right. Sure. <laughs> that's awful. It's so, uh, unfortunate. Um, we see that uh, Miss Riggs is actually doing an auction. It looks like, uh, where or I'm sorry, a lecture where she's going over some ancient artifacts. Uh, Jane and Lisa show up, and there's a uh, interested party in the front row. Look who it is looking fly as 
fuck. Oh my god. Fashion it's icon it's... of the week. Okay. You okay. Guys are, you were talking about Tony Stark for being hot. I was like, the minute Stephen Strange popped up in this, I was like, ooh, daddy. Ooh, daddy in a suit. What? What's going on? <laughs> this is what ultimate Stephen Strange would be wearing. Oh, just Doctor Who? Yes. yes. This like is Doctor Stephen Strange. This is Doctor Stephen Strange. Yeah. Look at this drip this the nigga's absolute... got. God damn. There He's will so be a day. Fly. One day, I will wear this exact outfit, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. I am making it the pledge drip to you. On drip on I'm drip. making the pledge to my co hosts. I'm making the pledge to myself. I will wear this one day. It's so good. Especially the so good. Eye of Agamotto tie clip. Yes. That's what I was oh going to say. God, the tie pin. so good. Yeah. It is legit. Uh, and the hat. The, you can't forget the hat. The that hat? matches the code. Oh, that oh hat. God. Uh, the the uh, Six Doctor revamp coat. Straight up. Basically. Has, yeah, exactly what there. this is. It's so cool. Oh, God. God. I kind of so want, I kind of want just like you said, Ultimate Dark... Ladies and gentlemen, if you are not aware, if you are not aware, <laughs> the Ultimate Universe is back in the comics. We now have the opportunity to do Ultimate Doctor Strange, Pedro Pascal, dress like this. Do this. Get Kafu on art. Do it. That's not a multiverse of madness. That's a multiverse of horny. <laughs> He's making me Randiness. Mad. <laughs> yeah, multiverse of Randy. <laughs> so we see that Doctor Strange is there to get one of the artifacts that Doctor Riggs has in her possession, and that is this magic mirror. This magic mirror. <laughs> doom, doom, doom. And we see that Doctor Strange reveals that it's actually a gateway to the purple dimension, which is basically Marvel's Phantom Zone. A yep. extra-dimensional yeah. prison that houses the worst of the worst, including we see three individuals step out once the gateway opens. We see Kaecilius, who we all know. Mm-hmm. We see Adria, mm-hmm. who you might be familiar with. And we see Demonicus, who no mind? one knows. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of them practicing this in the Phantom Zone. I mean, That's so funny. What, what time do you? What else are you gonna do with that all, all that time? I also feel Trace. like they're like they're definitely like time in a bottle because of the way they monologue to Doctor Strange. Is this very is very much from yeah. the sixties. Yeah, they've been locked <laughs> in their sixties one hundred percent. That's so funny. They're expecting a zounds from him. Ah, oh yeah. There you go. And so we see that uh, they immediately jump to attack Doctor Strange, uh, who unfortunately sheds his uh his dripped out mortal form for his sort of still really cool mark wade run suit i mean i do love that look it's, it's a, a great look it's just not our ideal it's not our ideal ultimate doctor strange look right yeah it's not drip or die but it's, it's, uh, not, dri- it's not drip or die <laughs> the only thing that would make them make that costume better yellow driving gloves uh, little uh, like leather uh, stop turning oh me my on. god uh, we need ultimate uh, doctor strange asap oh, kafu on art 
Oh I'm my so god! Getting into like hard. magical bar fights and shit. Yeah, I'm Jacob. Yes. I'm right there with you. My god. Yeah, uh, yes, we can't handle it. Oh my god! So we, uh, we see uh, an explosion happen just as this is all about to go down, and uh, someone's here to come get this here in mirror, and that's the Grim Reaper. You know what they say, right? Don't fear the Reaper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we find out the loophole that Mephisto got in the contract. Basically, since, since technically Jane didn't take Heimdall's soul to Valhalla and instead let his soul roam the cosmos, she hasn't acquired Valkyrie status yet. Which means if Mephisto can have the Grim Reaper bring a hero's soul to hell, he gets claim over the Valkyries. Mm-hmm. And Grim Reaper or, becomes the new Valkyrie. Or if Grim Reaper kills the Valkyrie. Which gives him some options. This is both. Both sounds good. And so we see the Grim Reaper trap Doctor Strange's soul in the mirror as he gets ready to try and kill Valkyrie. Uh, Chapter 5, Sacred and Profane conclusion. We see a brand new Death Marble is hovering over the dripped out body of Doctor Strange and the battle Mm -hmm. begins. And we find out that there are some downsides to Under Yarn. If Under Yarn is damaged in any way, it also damages Jane. That is a consequence of it being bonded to her. Uh, We see Kaecilius escape while his two cohorts have been already previously defeated, and Grim Reaper tries to escape with the mirror astrode a black steed. A badass-looking black steed. Holy shit. Wings, breathing fire. Stabbers on him. So tight. Super, super cool. I've never and seen so, a horse with talons before. Yeah. Yes. That's so Fucking sick. Wild. Yeah. We see Dr. Riggs basically like chastise Jane being like, hashtag not my Valkyrie. Uh-huh. If my Valkyrie would have like, wouldn't have let this villain get away. And Jane's just like, look, I'm not a superhero and Valkyrie isn't my name. It's my job, which I love. Fucking I love that's dude. the angle. And she goes, and right now I have a duty of care to the soul of Stephen Strange. So if you'll excuse me, Dr. Riggs, I have to go stand against the devil himself. And Mr. Horse is right there. <laughs> Mr. Horse. To bring her oh, off man. the sky in pursuit. Uh, we see Lisa show up and basically explain her backstory. She used to date America Chavez. Mm-hmm. I think oh, that's America so cool. fucking just randomly dumped her. Uh, this was... Shit. It was either in Gillen's Young Avengers or it was in Ultimates. I don't remember where, but it, it was just a random. I think it was in Ultimates, it, which would so make too. sense because it's Al Ewing. Yeah. Because Al Ewing's writing this. So that yeah. would make sense. But he, she just fucking dumped her just out of nowhere, which sucks. Uh, and I don't remember <laughs> what the reason that America had for it. But yeah. Either way, not good enough because you dumped Lisa fucking Halloran. Lisa Halloran is an awesome fucking character. She's cool. She, she's very Jane Foster. Yeah, yeah. And we find out that shortly after this breakup was when she met Jane for the first time, who was still going through her chemotherapy and dealing with her cancer. And the two of them bonded over their shared experiences. And so 
Lisa makes a call for uh, the Atomic Steed, which was fucking great. So cool. Meanwhile, uh, Grim Reaper uh, riding his bat-winged steed is about to get to this uh, get to this portal, and we get the greatest moment in this entire series. It's, it might be the greatest moment. It, it's so the greatest one in the entire series. It's, it's, because Grim so Reaper realizes so that Jane and Mr. Horse are in hot pursuit. <laughs> and Mr. Horse communicates to the other horse. And he goes, Hey up, lad. Let's just chat, eh? Thee and me. One worker to another like. Does that like apples? Apples. <laughs> Well, I've never really... The like them apples, then! Bloody scab! And he fucking... <laughs> it's the greatest moment! I shrieked. I shrieked. This, this motherfucking horse just watched Goodwill Hunting, like, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was on. It was on. It was just on in the background. It was on in the background in Jane's apartment. Jane loves watching it because she can understand what everyone's saying. She can understand what everyone's <laughs> saying. Exactly. And he's like, oof. Uh, I gotta use that line, eh? I gotta use it. And he's just like, do you like apples? You like them apples, bitch? And he just fucking dunks on this man. Dunks just... on this horse. I just love the response. It's like, I'll bloody have ye, I will. And just the thing going, help, police. (laughs) (laughs) I need the law. I am the law. (laughs) Just judge dreading him so hard. And from that panel, it legit just looks like he's choking him out with his hooves. Yes. It's just like, it's so good. It's so good. And so... Uh, we find out that Grim Reaper can fly now, or as uh, our good buddy uh, Oscar Isaac would say, they can fly now. And he and they fly now. They fly now. <laughs> and he and Jane engage in battle. And as uh, as we see that Jane is a little bit outmatched here, we get a bzack. It's a laser from the atomic steed. Which used to be the the vehicle of the Black Knight, which I love. Mm-hmm, they just right. confiscate shit. <laughs> um, and we see Lisa and Doctor Riggs astride this thing, just shooting lasers. And we see Diana Riggs, not Diana Riggs, but I'm gonna call her Diana Riggs. <laughs> uh, God bless, I wish. God bless. And uh, we see her basically give Jane the pep talk that she needs. And so Jane's like, all right, cool. I'm going to fucking, I got a plan. And she tackles him into a portal of her own. And they wind up in Valhalla. Which is sick. A great play. Basically, she she has the, uh, the inner monologue of, he's doing this for a reason. Oh, sorry. He's doing this for a reason. To bring Thank his you. brother back to life. To destroy what he sees as evil. In his own mind, the Grim Reaper is a hero, a dead hero. And I know where dead heroes go. And yeah, it's just the best play that literally I don't think anyone else would have thought of besides yeah. Jane Foster. I mean, this is the thing. Jane is so cool. 
Like, yeah, she's the best. Is so fucking awesome. Like, this is so she great. thinks so outside the box in the best way possible. And I love that every writer has just embraced that. Like, oh, yeah, no, she thinks super outside the box. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And we see immediately as they pop up, Carl Urban walks over. And uh, says, behold, my stuff, my stuff. <laughs> uh, and he, bas- he basically just like takes the mirror away from him as like, you may about to about to drink a bunch of bloody fucking cocktails. And he takes him <laughs> off to go enjoy his hero's rest. Jane returns to the uh, to the scene of the crime, breaks open the mirror, which gives Stephen back his soul and gives him back his drip. Mm-hmm. And Stephen immediately clocks that Jane is Valkyrie. He says, damn, Jane, that shit was good. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what? He's like, nah, it's cool. Keep it on the down low. Don't you worry. And Jane's like, we're... will I ever have a secret identity? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 don't worry. It's low key. She's like, low key? She's like, no, 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 not like that. He's like, no, no, like low key. I don't Link. get it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we see Jane returning to her life, giving uh, some coffee to the homeless man. You know, embracing her new role with uh, in the morgue, and we see her riding off with Mister Horse in the sunset, saying, "I minister to the dead in the morgue. I tend to the living as a doctor, and I fight for them both as the Valkyrie. It's not always fun, and it is always work, but it's the best work, the best life I can imagine having. It's the job I need to do, and I always will." And that's it. Uh, no and that's more. all of it. That's all of it. So this this did feel like this could have been the end. And I think Absolutely. if they knew that the book was going to be canceled, this would have been the end. This would have been it. And yeah. it would have been very satisfying. Like what a satisfying like first volume that is. Agreed. It's it's fantastic as a just one shot one arc story as a little five issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it works perfectly. And, and it's the most that Kafka can draw. Like it's perfect. The the two so chapter villains. six oh, and. <laughs> Chapter six uh, brings on a new artist for two issues, uh, Pere Perez, Mm -hmm. and kicks off the two-part story arc, Strange Aeons. Uh, Two great issues. Great issues. Uh, Jane is uh, working under uh, Dr. Rudy Gillespie, who I think there was definitely more planned for as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Owing to her interaction with him in this scene, where the guy that they're examining all of a sudden just reanimates and starts talking about how death is dying, basically there to give the message to Jane and then dies again. And then Gillespie goes, Okay, all right. Uh, uh, what are you waiting for? You're going to go do what you do? She's like, What are you talking about? He's like, Look. I'm not an idiot. It's very obvious. He fucking gives her the Kong speech from Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, right. I wish that Valkyrie would come and save the day. Is that what you need to hear? <laughs> that you need like, to hear? You need, you need to be summoned? <laughs> <laughs> what do I got to do? Say your name three times? Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. Oh, no, don't do that. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like... 
I I love this rant. I just I know you think I'm a fool, Doctor. And you may be right. I'm very far from being stupid. <laughs> and he just like very gives far. <laughs> For Laven. For Laven. For Laven. <laughs> when a troop of dead Valkyries rode out of my morgue on ghost horses on my lunch break, I noticed. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> I noticed who was minding the store. And I noticed when a new Valkyrie turned up right after. It had to be either you or Lisa Halloran. And Valkyrie was seen talking to Halloran. So are you going to take care of what is obviously a threat to the balance of life as we know it, or are you going to continue to insult me with this charade? <laughs> and she's just like, forms, and she's, he's like, oh, whoa, 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 backwards. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, I, I love it. I love it. But there's just, and I love that there's an understanding. He's just yeah. like, yeah, you know what? Go take care of it. Take the rest of the day off. I think I can handle it here. <laughs> and so she heads over to 122 Bleecker Street. Love that Sanctum Sanctorum. And we get one of the best Doctor Strange designs. I love this costume. Mm-hmm. Oh! We have now oh, really? transitioned. Yes. It's a little old school. Yes. I love like this. We have I mean, now transitioned. Yes, we have now transitioned from because it has the gloves. The gloves. Yeah. We oh, yes. Okay. Transition you know yes. from Space Doctor Strange into a incredibly underrated run, Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme. Yes. Yeah. I said Another on book Twitter, killed by the pandemic. <laughs> oh, makes me so mad because that book was so good. Even though that book did get more of an ending than this book did. Yes, it um, did. Oh, boy. I said on Twitter, and I'm going to say it again, it's kind of crazy how we haven't had a bad Doctor Strange run since 2013. You, you can read all of the Doctor Strange books from 2013 to now, and they're all bangers. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I think you're right. <laughs> Aaron to Kate's to Wade to um, I think it's still Wade with Surgeon Supreme. Yeah, they just it's changed totally up artist to Kev Walker. Yeah, oh, okay. To Death of Doctor Strange with um, yeah with McKay uh, McKay McKay stuff to yeah. now Strange with Clea. Uh huh. Yeah, banger. I think you're right. All. I think that you're right. I would love to cover one day go through all of the Doctor Strange from 2013 to now. I'd be down ooh. for that, actually. That'd be so ooh, cool. Ooh. One, day, ooh. Magic. one day. It's on the list. Yes. It's on the list. We see that uh, Jane is coming to Doctor Strange to get the lowdown on what's going on with death. And we see that death has taken many forms, mostly of just really hot women. God damn. Oh. No wonder... No wonder Thanos has such a fetish, you know? It kind of explains. You know lot. what? I get it. Yeah. 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 I get it. And this yeah. was under the belt, where for the first time in a podcast within a podcast, all three of us are simping <laughs> for the same person. It doesn't happen often, but when you, it does, you know it's special. Uh-huh. Mommy. And so we see uh, <laughs> that. We see that Doctor Strange basically knows what's going on he's like death is having a hard time if death is dying we need doctors and we get to one of my favorite moments in this story Wait, where they real go, quick we didn't talk about the hands 
Yes, yes. Because at the end of the initial Mark Wade um, Space Doctor run, he heals his hands. Once and yeah. for all, his hands are healed, and he shows this off by doing some Jimmy Woo card tricks. Which I fucking love. I love that he's like doing like parlor trick shit. Yeah. And that's how he's keeping the circulation going. That's how he's getting yeah. more dexterous with his with his fingers again. That is such a good writing thing. Yeah. That is yeah. that is really good writing. <laughs> and it shows because again, Jason Aaron just writing the hell out and of And I feel like and that's Al Ewing. Ewing, actually. I think that's, that's fair. Ewing. You know what? Al Ewing, Kafu, Ultimate Doctor Strange. Fuck me. That's oh, the book. God, just let Al Ewing do the Ultimate Universe. That's the oh, book. Because he's fucking book. got the take. Oh, God. That's fantastic oh. sounding. So we, we see that uh, Strange has brought Jane to uh, get some specialist help. And we get one of my favorite callbacks to one of my favorite Hell books yeah. of all time. Because Doctor Strange brings her to see the Night Nurse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Specifically, the Night Nurse from Doctor Strange: The Oath. Mm-hmm. One yes. of my favorite comics of all time. I've they ta- used to I've, fuck. I've talked. Oh, they absolutely used to fuck. They yeah, fucked at they the end of the fuck. book. They <laughs> fucked at the end of the oath. <laughs> they, might, they might fuck at the end. One hundred <laughs> might. One hundred percent, they do. I thought you meant this book at first. I was like, they might fuck at the end of this book. You're they probably right. do. They probably. They yeah. probably do. I you would. Like one quick shag before I go. She's like, yeah, all right. That's fine. <laughs> Get on the operating table. We're gonna play doctor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're the doctor. <laughs> no, we're the doctor. Oh, we're. <gasps> oh. And so, oh. <laughs> and so the two of them uh, reunite, which is really nice. And again, Doctor Strange: The Oath. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The perfect Marvel comic. Period. Go check out the episode I did on it. I love that book. It's incredible. There's a. There's a uh, a challenge from one Kieran Gillen on Twitter right now, talking about the five books Marvel and DC that you would give to anyone to introduce them to set. Yeah, I'm currently working on it. Uh, oh, I'm, it is on my list, 100%. I'm still working on it because I have been going crazy because that's who I am as a person. Uh, go check out uh, <laughs> Malcolm's list on Twitter, and it is immaculate. I Greatness. It took me like 15, 20 minutes to think about both. Because I needed like one last one for each one. I was trying to pick through a bunch of stuff. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But no worries. So basically, uh, we see that Night Nurse has got, and I love fucking Night Nurse is a babe too. God damn. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Fucking welcome back to Under the Belt, (laughs) where uh, again, I'm for for once, not just Malcolm. I'd say it's the bangs for me. I'm, I'm a slut I'm a real, for Bob with bangs. I'm a real I'm, I'm slut a, for bangs. Absolute horror for like, that. Oh I my can't. God. I can't. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's hitting yeah. all the right Carly Rae Jepsen for me. Like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm such a bangs bitch. Oh my God. I got such a real bad thing for Selena Gomez right now. That's, like, oh my God. You know God. what? I get it. That's <laughs> oh an absolute. I will, now, I will now put that. On my resume, I'm a bangs bitch. That is, I'm a bangs bitch. I'm oh bangs yeah, bitch. that oh, needs to be a yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> that's all right. That's, there we go. That's, that, that's a, add it. Add it to the t. Add it to go. the t public store. All right, merchandise. Um, merchandise. I have to make it very clear, ladies and gentlemen. We do not have a t public store. 
but we could have one. We yeah. could have one. If you put and if anyone effort. wants to do designs for us, we've got a whole yeah. list of shit. We got a list. Uh, at some point, we'll have some book club merch. Um, oh basically, God. we see that oh Mommy Night Nurse has brought together a team of medical experts, including Cardiac. We see uh, Dr. Faiza Hussein. Yes! Excalibur, which I love. I love her. She's so awesome and is not in enough stuff. And we see Dr. Whitman Knapp, aka Wit, aka Mannequin. I love this team. I love that they're doing a little Doctor's Assemble deal. I wish we got a... I wish it was more than just these two issues. Me too. You could easily... And I am really just from this first... uh, just from the first issue, I'm loving this new D- Defenders book. Oh, yeah. Al Ewing's Defenders. Uh, mm-hmm. Javier Rodriguez on the art. Mm-hmm. Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rod- uh, Rodriguez. Not Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, I'm loving it. This could be your Defenders team. Yeah. This would be a great Defenders team. Uh, so we see that Jane sees... Little, little deaths, little death marbles. Cardiacs is a little large. Uh, uh, Faiza Hussein's is fairly small. Wit's interesting. He's got one beach ball sized marble and then three other separate marbles. Yep. Which I find very interesting. Uh, and basically, Doctor Strange says, okay, we got to go into the dimension, got to go in the death dimension and go find out what's ailing death. So they all go in uh, and are immediately beset upon by zombies. Yeah. Which, again, very defenders, very classic defenders. Um, The group is fighting through them. They're able to make their way to Death's Castle where they see the death of death. This giant living tribunal skeleton with a big old Grim Reaper scythe. So sick. I love this. And I, as we turn our page to chapter seven, uh, Strange Aeons Part 2, I love this cover. Yeah. Mahmoud Asrar mm-hmm. is doing the Lord's work. Okay? Yeah. I love Mahmoud Asrar's art. The only problem with this cover is that uh, Night Nurse has the wrong hair. That's the only problem. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. agree. So we get to uh, find out about this. I do find it really interesting that the death of death is essentially a skeletal living tribunal. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, got the three heads and everything. It's it's very interesting. And and Jane as a mortal is struggling to comprehend this. Like her mortal eyes are like it. She can't comprehend that it's an actual entity, and so she's like, she's basically getting an aneurysm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I kind of love that. I think that's really cool. It's really cool. It's yeah. really cool. And so we see, uh, yeah, basically they're like, okay, we got to go into this castle. We need to find out what the hell is going on. So they go inside and they're immediately faced by this creature called the Karen, who is uh, known to be the, essentially the ferryman for the River Styx. Mm-hmm. But it's strange mm-hmm. because the fairy or the river sticks is looking real small and real green. And as a cardiac stabs a staff into it, it's not the river sticks, it's pus. This is an infection. Yep. 
of death. And so Excalibur basically says, okay, great. I'm going to deal with this. And I love this exchange so where cool. Dr. Strange goes, this is a magical bargain. The price he speaks of may be your life or worse. And she goes, nah, see, this is Excalibur. And I'm not just a doctor. I'm a national health service doctor. So unlike you lot, my healing is free at the point of delivery. And fucking stabs Excalibur into the moat. So tight. We love so universal cool. healthcare. God. God, Excalibur's so cool. She's so fucking cool. Yeah. And it oh. got me thinking reading this. Have either of you seen We Are Lady Parts? No, what is that? No. It is yeah. a wonderful series on, I want to say, Peacock? Uh, no. Basically about this, uh, about this band of uh, Muslim girls who are trying to make it big in the music scene. Really fun. It's, it's got a lot of uh, Scott Pilgrim DNA, specifically Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim in, Ooh, its, uh, in its style, in its cinematography, in its characters. Uh, it's just a kick-ass, absolutely kick-ass show. Go watch it. Uh, there's an actress okay. in there. Uh, her name is uh, Sarah Camila Impey, who I think would be a wonderful Excalibur. She would kick ass. And so we see that, unfortunately, the fact that she was able to disable the moat means that she has to stay behind to make sure that the moat doesn't resurface and block them from leaving. So she stays behind with Excalibur stabbed into the infection, and they continue to move on into the next room where we see a painting that everyone views differently. Oh God! This this Ugh. is where this gut became like an incredible punch. fucking story arc for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk about it. Talk about it, Malcolm. So we see the picture. Uh, we at first we we see the picture frame, and we're seeing it as Jane seeing it, and she says, "I I know what this is," and she's talking about how you know she was divorced from her husband, uh, and she had a split cust or you know her her ex husband had custody. Uh, but she would see uh, the kid every week, every weekend. And at some point they were driving and Keith dozed off. They say that Keith dozed off and the car went through the guardrail and it crashed and burned it right into a tree. Uh, and Jane's talking about this. Uh, this, this, I mean, this is, this is backstory. We got a little bit of in Mighty Thor very briefly uh in the last story arc in the death of the mighty thor story arc when uh we're seeing flashes of jane's life in each issue and there's a bit where thor comes to you know give his regards and she's like where were you like you you, you weren't there like you could have saved them you could have stopped it and that's like the only time it's really touched on that series it's really interesting um so, so that's what Valkyrie's seeing, and Nine Nurse is like, "I'm sorry, but that I don't think we're seeing the same painting, because I'm seeing uh, a hero that saved me once, and I didn't save him. Uh, you know, he I, he he died, and it's Nomad, Nomad. It's Nomad, which we know how Nomad died. The Winter Soldier fucking killed him." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's uh, awesome. And, and so everybody's seeing something different. Uh, Mannequin is seeing this giant purple puddle, which is like, I have no idea what that is. Like, I, 
what's going on? Yeah. That's going to come up soon. <laughs> and then uh, Cardiac is seeing his brother, uh, who he didn't save. Uh, what's interesting is that Stephen Strange is seeing nothingness. Nothingness. Uh, Which if you... An entire reality that he let die. Ain't that interesting. I'm surprised he's not seeing a bunch of picture frames. Considering a bunch of realities die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they're basically like, they're all a little freaked out by this. And then Cardiac turns on the group, uh, tasing Stephen Strange and basically saying, we can just let death die and no one has to die ever again. You know what? That's a fair argument. It's a fair I can argument. completely understand why someone would say that. Especially and it makes with someone whose brother that. is on death's door. Yeah. Like, Mannequin responds by turning into his earliest form of life. Mannequin's powers, for those of you who don't know, he can turn into different um, stages of human evolution. Mm-hmm. That's his power. So he His can, power is that he can build this thing together, love and stormy weather, nothing's going to stop him now. Exactly. And so <laughs> he can become a futuristic version of himself, he can do a caveman version of himself, and in this one, he goes the earliest form of life, Proto, who suspiciously looks like pink goo. As uh-huh. Tardiac reacts, he kills him, turns him into a pink puddle. The puddle that Mannequin saw in the painting. Uh-huh. Uh, Jane uses her Valkyrie vision, or I'm sorry, her detective vision. Thank you. And <laughs> sees that the other three aspects of Mannequin, the modern, the futuristic, and the caveman, are still contained inside of this puddle. And she says, look, uh, fucking night nurse, tend to them. Make sure Cardiac doesn't hurt anybody or himself. And once Steven wakes up, make sure that he gets the mannequin aspects out of the puddle. I'm going to go see my patient. I like that she's like, I think Steven will enjoy the challenge yeah. of getting yeah. three entities out of a puddle. I, I like that she can fucking read Steven Strange like that. I, <laughs> I love the two of them as like as partners. Because like in Honestly, the, uh, it's an interesting pairing. It's really cool. In the, uh, in the Doctor Strange Surgeon Supreme book, she plants a seed for it here. They're working in the same hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Where she's, mm-hmm. you know, operating out of the morgue. He's doing surgery. Right. And I just, yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. I like the idea of them being friends a lot. Yeah. I think it's a really good idea. They, I would never want a romantic pairing between no. them, but it would make sense. Not even. I once. could see it. I could understand it, but I don't want that. Okay. I just like the idea of them being friends. I think that's pretty cool. They're too good as friends, basically. Yeah. That yeah. said, so, Jane should totally date Lisa Howler. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. All so- okay. Let's be honest here. Okay, the seeds are planted in this book. I want to say, yes, absolutely. Yes, this is 100%. And I believe dated. wholeheartedly <laughs> yeah. that Jason Aaron intended at some point for that to be the case. Oh yes. yeah! If oh, yeah. no question. Properly, they'd be dating by issue like twenty. Like, yeah, that would be sure. the big. That would be be the big selling point for our landmark yeah. issue twenty or issue twenty five. Is them getting yeah. together? Basically. Jane makes her choice. Yeah. Yeah. 
I kept expecting Valkyrie or Jane Foster. I kept expecting them oh. to get together in this book, and it made me more sad that the, we were just like getting further and further away from that idea. And uh, yes, uh, yeah, I hope we revisit it someday. I, I hope do. so too. Uh, you know what? I hope that at a certain point, when Jane becomes a focal point of like an actual book and not just a MCU tie-in miniseries, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that she's just already dating Lisa. It's just it happened. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, what be I good. do love, though, is that when Jane goes into the room, we see death on life support. And we see Al Ewing referencing the green door. Uh-huh. And we finally get the reasoning why death is dying, which I fucking love. Superheroes and non-superheroes keep dying and returning from the dead so what use is death i love that shit that's brilliant brilliant i love that that's a plot point yeah and we see jane's cycle through valkyrie through jane through her sickly self while she was dealing with cancer and she basically she gives the uh she gives the line like if nothing died i'd call that a cancer verse and we know the the history of uh-huh. the cancer verse in marvel uh-huh which is exactly mm-hmm. what happened nothing but died Jane doesn't <laughs> and that's the point it's so metatextual and yeah. you really do get the the weight of this like this was the turning point for that cancer verse and they failed. Yeah. And the reason that uh, they didn't fail is because of Jane fucking Foster. Uh-huh. And that's goddamn cool. It's so she uh, saved reality. This book rocks, man. And I'm yeah. really pissed that it's it fucking, done. It, it, it drives. It drives <laughs> it all drives night, so all hard. day, up and down a mountain, up and down oh, walls, Schumacher style. God. This book drives. Hell yeah, it does. And so we see that she has made her case. Death has revived. I also kind of love that this version of death kind of resembles death from Sandman. Yes, yes, yes. The yes. death in the yeah. uh, in the uh, in the uh, bed. Yeah, uh-huh. she does. And so basically, yeah. death is returned to her Infinity Gauntlet self, the purple clad. Uh-huh. Face, uh, featureless face version. Human face, though, not, yes. not skull face. And she basically says, you know, I am healed. It has been decided. The process of death will continue. The death of death was convinced of the need for my existence. Are you? And Jane says, of course not. But ours is not to reason why, is it? Boss. And she fucking leaves. And pops back right back into Night Nurse's pra- practice. Everybody's okay. Mannequin has now been separated into his different selves. And everyone's like, okay, cool. Did we win? And Jane says, death is still with us. Death will always be with us. We did not lose. But did we win? As she sheds a tear. And the closing... The closing is this haunting image of death standing outside of the crashed car. 
Jesus. And, and that's the final. That, that's the end of the book. Right? Again, right? if that was the end, that would have been perfect too. I also don't know what this means. I, there's a part of me that feels like this was a tease for something. Yeah. Like death was going to say, okay, you did me a solid. I'm going to do you a solid. Oh, interesting. I don't see it as that at all. Yeah. What do you see it as? I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I see it as this is just, you know, explain that death is the reason why Jane is the way that she is. And because oh, Jane is the way that she is, shit. she was able to save death. So it's just is an it endless was, loop. Death yeah. is an important part. And so that's Jane understanding fantastic. the balance of life and death being a Valkyrie, the, it's just another explanation of how death is a balance and it, and of it life was, and death. It was her realizing, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, a causality loop. That's a yeah. It's just a causality way to view that. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's a very Alluin kind of thing. That is, like, that is a very Alluin kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I took it as. That's cool. That's very good. We then transition to chapter eight. Real as quick, a- that was Al Ewing's last issue on the yes. Book also. Al Ewing leaves okay. the book. Al Ewing so leaves the book. We are now greeted by Tarun Grunbeck. Yes. Who I really like. I like her a lot. I, I think that. What? No, no go, go, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. I, I go think on. that she's got an interesting viewpoint for Valkyrie, for Jane, for that mythos that feels complementary to Jason Aaron's vision. For those characters. Yes. I I think that Toron Grumbeck gets the voices really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that she has uh, a great voice for the characters, especially for Jane. I, I think that yeah. she's, she does get the Jane voice very well. Totally and great. I love being able to integrate the mythology aspect uh, into the book and into the title and into, you know, what's going on with the events of this next three issues and all the stuff afterwards. Um, but... Um, I think this is where the book dips in quality. Interesting. I think this is exactly where the book dips in quality. The next three issues are like, uh, okay, but it's also just not what I want from the Jane Foster Valkyrie book. That's fair. In general. It is, um, I would say, the weakest arc out of all of them. Absolutely. Which is unfortunate because this is where the book ends. Yes. Thankfully, though, issue eight, Kafu comes back. Kafu. And where do they start? Jane and Lisa on a date. The exactly. I, get I it. mean, it's a okay. Second date. panel here. Second panel here. She, the hair. Yeah. The hand and the hair. Yeah. Like the hair. Lisa's all in on it. Let, Next let's be panel, real. Look this, at Jane's face. Jane's this is a fucking date. This has to be this a date. Is a date. Yeah. Like even I was like, um, did we? Did I miss something? Did they? Do they? Are they going out now? What's and the only thing on? that sucks is the context of the scene. Because yes. Lisa's talking about her date with somebody else. Yeah. Yes. So, but I think and you know what? Honestly, I will. I will. I will say, I don't think there's anything wrong with two attractive characters being friends. No. Having close friendships no. is appreciated. I think absolutely. It's, it's it's the thing that's always like bugged me about like oh we got to ship specific people just because you know they're attractive and they're friends. Absolutely. I totally it doesn't have to me. happen. However, however, for Lisa and Jane specifically, I want them to date. Yeah. yeah. I want them to fucking date. Fingers crossed, hopefully someday. 
You can, Jane literally says, I love it when you're a grinning idiot. I mean, they're dating. Yeah. <laughs> they're dating. Yeah, they tell they're dating. They are. Sorry, they're dating. That's it. Yeah. So we see the two of them hanging out and uh, having a very platonic coffee date. <laughs> where. Yeah, yeah fucking gal pals, bro. <laughs> fucking gal pals. When all of a sudden. Uh, Ghost Jane, sense Jane, Well, <laughs> I was going to say James Gauntlet gives her a dee 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 dee. Oh, oh that's funny. I, I thought that, you know, she has the little breath thing and it's yeah. very Danny Phantom. Yeah, so. that's what I saw too. Yeah. yeah. I, I got like, the uh, the Power Rangers beeper from <laughs> from her uh, from under yarn, which I love that it just kind of turns into like a chunky bracelet. Yeah. When she's right? off duty. Yeah. And it's, so... It's she turns into Valkyrie, seeing all of the death marbles pretty looming pretty large over all the people around them. When there is a sudden earthquake, the ground breaks open, and these very familiar looking creatures climb out. Honestly, I saw this shit and I was like, fuck, Necroblade shit. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, I'm me, not ready to deal with this again. Same. I was like, uh-huh. I really don't want to be dealing with more of this anymore. Thankfully, it's not. Um, as we Is come to find out, it, it's not. It's not. It's specifically not. We it's see not. Uh, Jane is able to use uh, Under Yarn to dispatch these creatures. Mr. Horse arrives, and they take to the skies to battle these things. Meanwhile, apparently these things are happening all over the world. Where the Avengers are scattered, we see Captain America on his trusty steed, the motorbike, battling yeah. against these things too. The two Mr. Team motorbike, <laughs> Mr. Motorbike, uh, and then we see Doctor Strange once again and Spider Man. I love how often Strange pops up in the back half of this me series. too. Yeah, I love that too. he's a series regular for this. Yeah, they're friends. They're he's in most friends. of the issues of this run. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of cool. He's, he's in more issues than Lisa. Is. <laughs> it's upsetting. It's upsetting. It's weird, but it's cool. And so they're able to, you know, take out some of these creatures. One of them wraps itself around a bystander as Jane goes to rescue him. When all of a sudden, we hear some thunder. And King Thor shows up. <laughs> Wizard, Captain, <laughs> Strange, like Sparkles. sparkles. <laughs> that, okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't like him calling him Sparkles because all I heard was Benedict like Cumberbatch's Strange. voice. And I was like, I don't want Benedict Cumberbatch to be my co- comic Doctor Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Strange. That's why I just heard Sparkles. Yeah. Sparkles. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel very Doctor Strange. That should have been Spider-Man. And there's something I kind of love <laughs> about this yeah. book in regards to Thor. Because at this point, Jacob, Cates is full-on in his run as, with Thor. Okay. Yes. It has started. He is the Herald of Galactus at the beginning of this. He um, looks like a jackass. He looks like a dickhead. Thor, right? Yeah. Jason. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Jason Aaron basically said, Fuck that. I'm using my design. (laughs) I'm I'm going with my Thor. (laughs) So that's why Thor looks different, even on the cover for this issue. On the cover, he looks looks like like the Donny Cates Thor. Really? Like a jackass. 
Uh, I, I oh, really this. don't like. Oh. Oh, yeah, the wow. long, long hair. He's oh, beardless. Yeah. He's got both the fucking of his like eyes, crown. This, like, this looks yeah. like this looks like fuckboy Thor if he like became but worse. Like, yeah, yeah. This is like, fuckboy Thor in uh, in theater club. This is fuckboy in Thor in his in his emo thirties. <laughs> yeah. Ow. This is, this is this is fuckboy Thor in his no in his forties. Oh, his forties. Still being okay. a fuckboy and hanging out like at Studio Fifty Four. Like in 1973, like it's, it's a fucking specific look, and I hate it. <laughs> and is he working the cages? Like and basically, the Jason cages? said, yes. Jason yes. Aaron said, "No, we're not doing this. We're doing my Thor." <laughs> and Kafu draws a hell of a King Thor. He does. Uh, Kafu also draws a great Spider-Man. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, agreed. That's, uh, Kafu draws if you a great everyone. If you haven't seen it, Kafu Kafu's on Twitter, and he has a uh, he was hired by Sony to do like like uh, sort of like movie posters for like yeah. the most recent Spider Man movie, and he has one that's like the three Spider Man all together that it is rips. fucking gorgeous. It, so like weird. I look at that thing like once a week. <laughs> like God, that's a good poster. Send it like, to the chat. Poster. He can it. he can draw. Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, Jane goes and finds that the civilian was killed by this thing, unfortunately, and she's pissed. And the thing that kind of bothers me, Cap doesn't recognize her immediately, which speaks to her status quo prior to Jason Aaron's Thor run, that she was just one of Thor's many girlfriends. Mm-hmm. But the moment she fucking strikes up his Valkyrie again, Cap's just like, "Oh right, I heard about this. You're Jane Foster. You're Valkyrie." Yeah, he puts some fucking respect on him. I like that. Uh, and he calls he, her Doctor Foster. Yeah, yeah. He just went, "Oh, I got that reference." Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Jane is basically like, "If anyone has questions, ask my horse." And she leaves with uh with thor to go into the depths of this crevice to find out the cause of all of this destruction while cap doctor strange and spider-man astride mr horse battle against this thing and the greatest thing as spider-man's talking to mr horse he goes did you know buttercup broke my my heart all over again heartbreaking oh boy and so uh, Valkyrie and Thor head into the depths, and we get some backstory that long ago, Odin once brought a young Thor to Jotunheim, specifically the Barren Mountains, where it's said that the greatest darkness, Rokva, was consumed and wielded by Od, uh, one of Odin's forefathers. And eventually it consumed him, and his body was confined and buried to contain this darkness. When they go to inspect the tomb, they find it's been broken into and that his body, or at least his heart, has been reanimated to allow this, these dark creatures to roam once again. Mm-hmm. Thor tries to break it with Mjolnir, but is unfortunately uh, consumed by the tendrils and turned evil. Consumed and corrupted by the darkness, he faces off against jane and we get chapter nine at the end of all things part two what's up my name's necro thor i'm in here i'm here to fuck this shit up it's gonna be pretty tight 
You ain't even going to see it coming. It's going to be pretty good. And we now get the backstory in this chapter of what happened. And we get revisited by the worst Odinson. This is really when the book turns into her. Yeah, this is where I started like, oh, Tear sucks. Tear sucks. But I do like that they continued that story. Yeah. They they didn't leave any loose ends. Tear is a fuckhead. And so, of course, he's like, I got to find a way to get my power back. And so he got the stories from some of the ancient warriors who were alive at that point and decided to go kick off this whole scheme, which brings us to the present day. And there, there is something to be said that I love about this final arc. It's not the best arc, but I do love that it pits Thor against Jane. So Jane basically has to fight against who she wants. Yeah. He has to fight against Thor. Yeah. And so we, and we see that Jane isn't able to be corrupted like Thor was, which I find very interesting. Very interesting. Because the way that she explains it, she says, you know, this is not pain. This is something else. Life drains away. Empty darkness takes its place. I know this feeling. I felt it before. And I know how to fight the darkness, the darkest of infections as a doctor, a patient, a Thor. And I just, she's like, bitch, I went through cancer. You can't do shit to me. And I love that. So Absolutely love it. And so she battles against Thor. She's able to uh, disarm him and then tries to use under yarn to turn into a weapon that she can destroy this heart with. And as she does, everything goes black. All of the color is sapped out of the earth. We see that Tyr has basically concocted this whole thing so that he could steal under yarn to go open the gate and free Rokva. We see from afar as Tyr and Thor enter Jotunheim to try and go back to the Barren Mountains, Loki and Durf, the two boys from from the uh, War of the Realms Omega issue Uh are viewing this. Mr. Horse shows up and even though she's no longer Valkyrie anymore, he's still loyal to her. Mm. And so the two of them I get up. That. Loki confronts Tyr, but Tyr successfully opens the gates, allowing Rokva to be free, which brings us to the final chapter. Chapter 10, at the end of all things, part three. A great cover. Great cover. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And it opens right, right up with our girl Sif. Guarding the Bifrost against the eternal darkness. Damn right. Yeah. However, she is eventually overwhelmed and corrupted. Uh, Jane is on Asgard readying everyone for the fight. Volstag is trying to console her. Uh, we do get this great little moment where Mr. Horse meets Thori for the first time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which I really, really love. They should have a book together. I mean, Pet Avengers again. Pet Avengers. You got yep. two great willing members right there. Yep, maybe. Thori threatens to murder uh, Mr. Horse. He says, Horse ever buck, Lady Master. Thori murder. Murder pretty bird wings first. And Mr. Horse is like, who the bloody hell are thou again? 
And who are they calling Britty? <laughs> like, I love, I love their banter. And so uh, Volstag and Jane go to the armory. They armor up just as the darkness arrives at Asgard. And I'm just going to say it. I fucking love this scene between uh, Hildegard and the Warriors 3 and Tyr. Hell yeah. She is posted up. Just like, welcome home, all Father Thor. We've prepared a royal reception. Fucking mm-hmm. arms crossed, Dutch angle. She's fucking gangland fight. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. She's got the jets and the sharks behind her. She's like, yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. this. She's the Queen Latifah. Straight up. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Please make make that casting happen. <laughs> And so yeah, I fuck with that. That's tight. That'd be dope as hell. <laughs> and so she leads the Warriors of Asgard against Tear in the Darkness. Um, everyone is unsuccessful, unfortunately. And then we get the greatest moment where we see uh, Jane and Volstag, and Jane's like, "I need to like, I need to get in there." And Volstag's like, "Okay, all right, uh, you you." believe you can stop the fog and she's like i'm gonna try and he's like all right both of you go i'll hold them off and i'm like volstag my god like this is his volstag. this is his moment and then he yeah. gives out the battle cry i wish i had a larger breakfast <laughs> and he goes and starts again i fucking cackled sick like that being his battle cry i think is the greatest thing it is so good and he leads the remaining warriors of asgard against the darkness um thori defends jane against uh the corrupted hildegard as volstag battles against thor Mm -hmm. and jane battles with tyr at a certain point tyr stabs the uh the light staff into thor or into Jane. Exactly as she planned. Exactly as she planned. She palpatined his ass. And she's (laughs) able to turn back into Valkyrie. And he goes, well, hell, I suppose I should have stabbed you with something else. And then the two (laughs) (laughs) And just like Mace Windu, she takes advantage of this one-handed man and kicks the shit off of him. Kicks him out of the entire, you know, kicks him out the window. Yeah. She is then able to use under yarn to contain the the dark fog, curing everyone of their corruption, and then takes it back. There's this Hooray. great moment between her and Thor as well. Just it's the mutual respect that we've all been kind of waiting for. Yeah. And as Jane is returning the darkness, we see that Tyr escaped to Jotunheim. He's found once again by Loki and Durf. And Loki says, I want you to tell me everything you learned. Which is a problem. Uh, Jane brings the darkness back to its chamber. And she locks it up, never to be hopefully seen again. She does not believe in a thing called love. Do not listen to the rhythm in her heart. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's where the story it. ends. Unfortunately, we don't get like an actual ending, which sucks. Um, the endings of the previous arcs aren't, you know, are stronger than this, which is awful. And we've been kind of dancing around it. Malcolm, can you kind of explain to the listeners what happened to this book? 
So the pandemic, uh, <laughs> that, is, that is what happened to this book. Um, what is that? I don't have no idea what you're talking about. Um, oh, so there's this thing going around still, going around still everyone in the world uh, called COVID-19. And COVID-19 uh, really exploded in the beginning of 2020. And that shut down the comics industry uh, for a month. Uh, shut, shut down the comics industry fully for like a month and a half. Um, then comic companies started releasing titles again, but very slowly, very piecemeal. Uh, production was slowed down. This was one of the books that uh, ultimately got sacrificed. There was like an issue or two that had to come out right when stuff started going up again. Uh, and then that was it. They had already solicited two issues past this, uh, 11 and 12, but those did not happen uh, because the pandemic, they wound up killing a bunch of books. In fact, I mean, a perfect example is there was a Gwen Stacy miniseries that started in February of 2020, uh. released two issues, uh, released two issues. Uh, the second issue came out like in March of 2020, then was just nowhere to be seen. Marvel had effectively canceled it. Uh, until like last week, yeah, when it all came out, all five issues of that proposed miniseries, giant size Gwen Stacy, baby, and it's fantastic. So wow. like, it, it, most titles have found a way to come back. Uh, as we mentioned before, issues eleven and twelve are kind of uh, reintegrated into the Mighty Valkyries miniseries, which came out last year. Um, you know, and kind of split up with another story so that way they can they can still kind of exist. That story still exists. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of a real bummer, man. Because um, sure. this book, I, I think the momentum really killed it as well. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a total bummer. Because I, I wish that this was a book that was up to, you know, issue 30-something right now. Yeah. Because it should be. It should um, be. I think this title was something really special, and you know, they you can't have what you lost, and that's okay. But yeah, which you know, funny enough, I think is is a big theme of the book. You know, yes. Jane had to learn to not be Thor, had to learn to not be like Brunhild. She had to learn how to be her own Valkyrie and her own person. And yes. thankfully, like hit her adventures have continued as we've seen with m different miniseries, different guest appearances. But I think it is long past time for her to be the main focus of a book again. Yes. So hopefully in the future that'll happen. We will yes. just have to see. But gentlemen, as we're wrapping up here, uh, what are your thoughts on the entire series? I, Malcolm basically gave his... Uh, I, was like, I basically do you, just gave my. Do you have a yeah. favorite? Well, I'll say, Malcolm, do you have a favorite part? I do. Um, my favorite part is uh, Jane d defending death, um, having that realization uh, yeah. about death in issue seven. I think that's a really beautiful piece of poetry that is written there. Jacob, final thoughts? And do you have a favorite part? You know, um, this this book half champions 
is what it does. And uh, <laughs> half this book it, is champion for sure. Half this book is champion because it it slowly loses its championess as the book continues on. And it, it it is a shame for what what the pandemic did for a lot of these books. And this one in particular, I was really hoping like um, this would escalate to a much more grander finale than than what it was given. Um, there wasn't even you said this was supposed to be a twelve issue thing, and we only got to issue eleven. Is that right? So. That was kind of it, it was supposed to be an ongoing series. Oh, yeah. uh, they had going. solicited up to issue twelve, but only up to issue ten came out. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's again, yeah, that's too bad because like the beginning of this was solid. Just seeing two villains from other books uh come in, uh, that being like uh uh Bullseye and the Grim Reaper, it was just a surprise and 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 fun yeah. to see that. Uh, uh genuinely loved Stephen Strange, Doctor Stephen Strange, being a part of this as well. I love it when like um, like a hero joins in with um, with another hero. This felt very uh, felt very uh, like a like a Marvel team up book for like a good while. Yeah. Um, my favorite part is Mr. Horse. As a fan of growing up <laughs> at Nick at Night and watching uh, Mr. Ed uh, as a kid, I was <laughs> one million Great percent pull. happy to see like a talking horse in this. This is a lot yeah. better than like the uh, screaming goats for Thor. That's what I thought was just, it's just this was <laughs> a good enough. counter for this. But uh, yeah, this listeners if regardless of what we've been saying about this the, check out this book because of just Seriously. at least a majority of this is actually very fantastically well done it is incredibly well drawn i i didn't have a complaint for any artists that really came into this book it was honestly reminding me of other artists other great artists as well um and that's why i kind of loved it uh and same thing with the story i just um jason aaron knew how to like just Give us a little bit of a like a side quest. This felt very, this felt very much like um, to go into a more Dungeons and Dragons uh, aspect. Um, this felt like um, it, it, like a, a tale from Alexandria from Critical Role. Like that was like a mini series that that, yeah, that that got for sure got that definitely ties into like the real world campaign of it. it that that's what this felt like. It felt like just tying up some loose ends and. And, and and Sarah Jane for who we all loved during the Mighty Thor, you know, just getting her own own series, a little a little taste of what she was going through. I love it. I love this. It's yeah. favorite Thor. Great way to end this whole like Thor Thor saga. Agreed. Um, and I, I love and you, I Jane. didn't mention it before. We love you, Jane. I didn't re- mention it, but the uh, the final two issues were illustrated by Ramon Rosanas. And yes. for all the problems that we did have with, you know, kind of the story and how it doesn't really end, the art is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Kafu is, you know, unto himself when it comes to his quality, but there was never a point where I was like, okay, the art dips. Or there was never any point in, the, in these 10 issues where I was like, oh, okay, well, the art isn't as good. Um, mm-hmm. Kafu does bring something unique to his art, which we all love. Um, but all the art was fantastic. And this book was fantastic. I'll agree the last arc doesn't really hold up to the other ones prior to it, but it's a great story. Jane Foster being the focus is always going to get two thumbs up from me. Uh, I love seeing her in the world. I love seeing her interacting with other heroes. I love every single bit of screen time that she gets with Dr. Strange. Um, and my favorite part is obviously... Do you like apples? 
<laughs> How you like them apples, bitch? Uh, Mr. Horse is an absolute delight. And I will say my other favorite part, any scene with Lisa Halloran. Um, Lisa's a revelation. Yeah. We need to bring Lisa back ASAP. She's the moment. And get her together with Jane, whether as girlfriends or as girlfriends. They need Dude, to love be is real. together. Um, we need her back. And I, I think that there are more stories to be told with Jane, and this is not where her story ends, which I'm very thankful for. But um, before we head off into next week, uh, we've got an email to read, which means, Malcolm, what time is it? Ta, be the mail time. Yes, I love that. If you uh, if you want to part of be if you want to be part of our Geek Explained book club mailbag, uh, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put terrific mailbag, ultimate mailbag, book club mailbag, whatever you want mailbag in the subject header and we will read it here. We have one email this week. Uh, returning email from returning writer Joey Amarim, who did hey, Joey did say that I pronounced his last name correctly. So, hey, huzzah! Cock another one up for the home team. Yeah, baby. Uh, huzzah, huzzah, <laughs> huzzah, uh, Joey writes, hey, Eric, Malcolm, and Jacob, uh, I just recently finished Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was amazing. Way better than the I game? was expecting. Yes. Oh, awesome. even with nice. all uh, all the praise the gameplay wasn't the best but i was so invested in the characters and story it honestly blew me away playing that game immediately made me want to get into reading guardians slash marvel cosmic stories when doing my research for the best books to start with i made a strange discovery i learned that drax in the comics isn't actually an alien he's a guy from earth who was experimented on and turned into a living weapon whose sole purpose is killing thanos forgive mm-hmm. me for my ignorance but that sounds really stupid i always just assumed <laughs> that drax had the same backstory in the comics as he did in the movies and video game but now i can't help but believe that drax is seemingly more interest is a more interesting character outside of the comics that leads into my question for you guys between the three of you what is your favorite example of a comic book adaptation changing a character or story whether it be from movies tv video games etc and it ultimately being an improvement upon the source material i'd love to hear your thoughts and also if i'm a fool for not knowing that comic tracks is actually amazing thanks again for your time guys and stay awesome flark and scud true believers joey hey so a couple things first of all comic tracks rules um, comic tracks rules you can make the comparison between the two obviously there are a lot of um comparisons to be made between the two even though their backstories are different but i will never say that mcu drax as good as he is is better than comic drax until he plays saxophone if we see dave batista play saxophone in guardians volume three then we can have the conversation but i will say if you if you are itching to read some marvel cosmic stories the drax miniseries is actually very good yeah it didn't sell very well and people don't talk about it a lot but that book is fantastic and it leads with a few other books right into annihilation which i would absolutely recommend annihilation annihilation Mm -hmm. conquest that kicks off basically modern marvel cosmic uh-huh. Real quick, do you guys have any thoughts on Comic Drax? I like Guardians Comic game? Drax. I like Comic Drax before the movies and before the Bendis take Fair. on the Guardians. 
because that character was a lot stronger beforehand. Um, which is just fine. That's how most of the Guardians are in general. So, hey. Uh, Fair. <laughs> um, I love that game. I think that game was really fantastic. So good. It's still my favorite game from last year. I it's think so that good. is what the Guardians movies should be. Uh, I would much prefer because that that game has your fun, silly takes and stuff, you know, and your goofy 80s tribute, whatever, yada, yada. But it actually has heart and isn't trying to tell you that it has heart. Mm. Um, I think there's a very specific scene where in in the game you're playing as Star-Lord, but there's a very specific scene where you get to look off into the cosmos off the edge of nowhere next to Drax and you both have this really wonderful conversation that is an unbelievable like unbelievably deep conversation to have in a video game for these characters who have been very silly it's Um, it's it's Drax of all characters too and it's Drax of all characters who who's you know giving you this real dialogue and it's it's a fantastic game it's it's so good so so good uh, I don't know that much of Drax other than the, uh, what was it? The the only thing that I was, that I read from the Guardians was just like the uh, Michael Bendis stuff. And then the the original Michael Bendis stuff, the stuff that the Guardians 1 was based on, the the the, uh, uh, the two volume yeah, thing. The, the Marvel Now stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that kind of that that's that's the only hint of Drax. I didn't even know about. I didn't even know he was human. That's that that was all news to me. So that I I thought it was just the same same origin for the whole time. Jacob, you got to read that Abnett Landing. That Abnett Landing. I think stuff you is will incredible. absolutely love it. That uh, is right up your alley, buddy. You'll love it. It absolutely is. What what is that? I don't even know what that is. It's uh... Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning were a writing creative team. Uh, they used to write together all the time. Um, they, they basically in did the modern yeah. guardians, yeah, like, right. it, that it, team is what was put together yeah. by them. I think I have yeah. that. That's what I'm. That's just what I'm saying. It's it's it, it's the original one with like where they have nowhere. Two thousand two thousand eight. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, nowhere yeah. is a home base, and yeah. Does it yeah, have like that's Abnett and Lanning? Does yeah. it have the little bit of like secret invasion into it? That's like in yes. there. Yes. Yes. yes that's yes. I have that. I've read that. That's the yes. only. That, that is the only. That's the only like uh like Drax stuff I knew about. That was from that. okay. Yes. 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 That that is exactly what I'm talking about. That's the only that, that and then like the later the later stuff when the movies were coming out the the Guardians of that time that lead that into that's the Kitty Pride. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. That was that was the other stuff, the Bendis stuff that I actually got into. Um, I yeah, I I like Drax. I, I, I uh, you mentioned the miniseries, and I was like, oh yeah, I was reading that miniseries for a little for a little brief moment, and then I got distracted by other stuff. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize it sparked a whole new like Marvel cosmic stuff. I thought that's yeah, pretty, that's pretty cool. Super super good. Um, uh, so yeah. for his question. Do either of you have an adaptation of the comics that you think improved on the comics? Because I do. Yes, I do as well. Jacob, I'll give you a second to think about it. I'm going to say mine. um, Into the Spider-Verse. I think... Huh! Did just as much for Miles Morales the character as the comic did. Personally, I don't... You know, obviously... I am coming from a very different perspective. 
um, as a as someone who is not of um, black or Latino descent. I just think the story of Miles Morales in Into the Spider Verse for me was did just as much, if not more, for the character and for the message of that character as the original intent of Bendis and Bocelli. So that's that's the one that I have. But interesting, yeah, hot take. Might be a hot take, but I I like Into the Spider Verse Miles more than Comic Miles. Wow. Um, what about you? Mine is Batman Under the Red Hood. Oh, Damn it. great! That's great. Pick. That's good. The great animated pick. movie, which was written by Judd Winnick, who wrote the comic story, but the comic story gets very bogged down in continuity. Yes. And the movie gets to remove all of that. So the movie is like a second chance where you get to clean up stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is a really elegant, like, I think that that animated movie plays it all out perfectly. Like, it hits all the major beats from, oh, the, from the comic story. Yeah. But cleans it up really nicely. Um, another example I would give, I'm reading for the first time right now, uh, slowly and surely, but just finished the first season of Sandman. And I think that Sandman, the TV show, uh, does the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's very much, oh, I get to go in and clean up a lot of the, frankly, flowery, unnecessary bullshit of the the comic from 30 plus years ago and do it better now. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I I think uh, think that's another example. Fuck. I think the greatest example, the boys. Oh, oh, the adaptation of the boys. Yeah. Yes. The, the show, The Boys, is so far and above the quality of the comic that to call it an adaptation at this point is almost silly. The comic sucks. It just does. I'm sorry if you're a the fan of it. Sucks. It sucks. The show is such an improvement on the characters, on the stories, on the world, that it's just, it's so much better. That's, I'm changing my answer. That's the one. That's, that's a very good answer. That's the... It's so clear as a shift and change from the comic material. It's it's the one. That's my answer. That's a great answer. Yeah. Jacob, what, have you got yours? Well, what? So this question is specifically from comic to whatever medium. The, yes. The, the, mm-hmm. Whatever okay. medium. Uh, oh God, this I had to. I'm. I was thinking, and there's a lot of. Mm, there's a lot of stuff. You know what I really love, and I keep going back to is the Fantastic Four World's Greatest, or was it World's Greatest Heroes? Or, uh, yeah, Earth's the Minus animated. Earth. The animated show, the animated show that was done, uh, it was it was, dra- it was drawn in f- France, and then it was released here in mm-hmm. America. I fucking loved that series because of the fact of, Great show. It, it implemented way more Was that the, was more that the anime style? Yes, yeah. that was the Johnny Storm anime yeah. hair. You know, White yeah. costumes. White yes, costumes. that's Great. right. Yes. Love that show. Love the interpretation of every single character from that, um, from the original comics to the 90s uh, TV show that leads to this, basically. It it got away with a lot for the fact that it felt more of like an integrated uh, world of Marvel, just specifically Fantastic Four. 
uh, in getting like guest stars like She-Hulk, the Hulk, uh, uh, Peter Parker. The She-Hulk uh, episode is incredible. She-Hulk episode is yeah. fantastic. I literally just watched clips from the She-Hulk episode like three days it's ago. It's so good. I, so, like, I, I kind of want to rewatch that. <laughs> I rewatched that episode specifically just to get ready for She-Hulk, the series. That's yes. why I watched it. That's all I wanted because it's so good. Um, it it gives you a lot of the a lot of modern interpretations of moments in the comics in the in the original run of uh, Fantastic Four that it just it's just it's so cosmically good. It's so yeah. much fun. It is what I want the movie to be. It's what I want a Fantastic Four movie uh, uh, what really should be. It's the essence of that animated series. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. Good call. Thank you. Good, good picks, guys. And Joey, thank you for the email. Appreciate it again. Thanks, if Joey. you want to be part of the mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained.gmail.com. Uh, put whatever mailbag you want into the <laughs> into the subject header. Just make sure it is uh, specifically for the mailbag or you mention it somewhere in the email so that we can all answer it. But that wraps it up. That wraps up Days of Thunder. That wraps up the After the Thunder special. And that wraps up our coverage of Jason Aaron's Thor saga. Um, <laughs> it's It's been That's a it. long road. It's been a now 11-week journey. How I spent my summer vacation. That's how I spent my summer vacation in Asgard. Oh, yeah. In Asgard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. Uh, but fear not, because, dear listener, we are... Continuing on, the Geek Explained book club continues to roll on. We will be taking a break next week, so no uh-huh. book club next week. However, That's the weird. week after, I know it's strange, but keep your eyes keep your eyes and your ears open because it might not be the last time you hear us all together uh, this month. But oh! the first week of September, September second, twenty twenty two, we are going to be coming right back at you with the continuing saga of Peter Parker in Earth 1610 with Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 1, The World According to Peter Parker. God damn right. This is going to be interesting. Oh boy. <laughs> the synopsis, ladies and gentlemen, goes like this. This new chapter in the life of the teenaged web slinger picks up in the aftermath of Ultimatum and completely redefines the status quo of Spider-Man for the next generation. Complete with a new supporting cast, new villains, and maybe even a new Spider-Man. So look forward to that two weeks from this Friday. That is going to be September 2nd. Be there or be square, not a circle. But... For now, for the Geek Explained Book Club, for the Days of Thunder, and for the best Thor, Jane Foster, I've been Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. And we will see you next time. I love you, Jane. I've genuinely forgotten what happened in Marvel Spider-Man, the ultimate Spider-Man.
was an escape plan, was an open hand. Now it's a dog from hell, it's a dream you sell, it's an epitaph, it's a photograph. Welcome back, but this is a good guy, Jeff. Thank you. That's my Norse name. <laughs> That's my Asgardian name. That's Thank fantastic. you. That's my Asgardian name. Why'd you Jane me right now? 